Hey, it's the Graveyard Girls with Amelia and Natasha. You doing all right today? A uh, bit tired. <laughs> no, I'm not in a mentally good place today, but I was like, I need to record because it makes me happy. Yeah, it does. I think we always feel a lot better, don't we, once yeah. we've done some recording. Um, I think we're both just a bit drained at the moment. Yes, in, in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I enjoy doing this, even though the initial nerves are of always pressing the record button i think we do i think we've got much better like you look when we did our first couple of episodes i think it must have took us a good hour even to get started because we're like no don't want to do it don't want to do it but i think it's taken us an hour today i mean yeah. yeah a little bit longer but you look at especially like when you go back to what we recorded last week we were just like we were on it we we're straight into it but i think it's easy to get into it now once we start talking whereas yeah. that first episode i think the whole way through we were yeah. like I don't, I don't like it like i'm a bit am i saying everything right am i saying the same word too many times. Oh, the arms. Yeah, the arms. <laughs> That's, that has been absolutely horrendous because I've noticed it really badly, but I go through phases where I must do it like 20 times in one sentence. And it's, it's really hard not to do it because I think then an episode where I tried not to do it, when mm. we listened back to it, I did it even more. Yeah. So it's... I have to just kind of ignore the fact that I'm doing it and it annoys me. And just this chair is very noisy. I'm, I'm hoping you're a bit it's creaky today. Uh, no, is that your age? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no, no. I think we're getting back into the swing of it. Mm. I think we're keeping going with it. We're we're, still yeah. in, we're enjoying it. Of course we are. I think it also helps with all the um, feedback we're getting from friends and people we don't even know. Yeah, that's been really really good. Yeah, um, those who are reaching out to us. Thank you. Yes. So we've. Um, yeah, we're doing really well with it so far. We've had a lot of feedback mm. um, from a lot a good variety of people as well. Yeah. So it's not even like it's just people that we know like really close. Um, you just didn't. Um... <laughs> oh. Um, oh, God. <laughs> it's fine. You'll become really... self-aware. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I think that's like making it worse now because now I think I've got to think of another word instead of um. And it's not that I didn't have the words before. Maybe just take a breath. But then I do it and then there's like dead air for like five minutes. Yeah, no, mm. I need, maybe I'll just have to do the arms. We'll that I have it. to edit out. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, no, today it's a bit, I feel better now we're doing it. It's yeah. raising my mood a little bit. And that's it, because especially when we've had a good case. And I'm hoping, like I said, once we get into it and we start coming up with our theories and we start get like rolling in with it yeah we're really good and then afterwards we're like we're proper on a high when we've done it yeah um obviously we're at the point now where our cases are released separately but in the same week so we we are still hearing each other's cases today in terms of us because obviously we're recording it yeah, but we will release it to you in two episodes um which obviously still come out in the same week just two de- separate days yeah so it's quite good i think like i said when we've been in a bit of a bad mood when we do this we're quite excited to tell each other our cases still, because I'm hoping mine... Well, I hope you like my one. It pulls us out of a slump, even though we're talking about murder, true yeah, crime. I think, yeah, I think it's because we get so engrossed in it, and we're so yeah. interested. And especially, like I said, when we get to those fat bits and we're throwing out the theories, and one of us comes up with something that the other one really likes, it's like, okay, we're really on a roll with this now. And yeah. You just sort of you forget about everything else, I think, once we get mm. into it. It's like as if we would go and meet up for coffee or something it's we get in that mood like when you first meet up you're a bit tired and then you get into it and then all of a sudden we've like waffled for seven hours (laughs) oh god do you remember 
Yeah, it's just so funny because the way you're fit with recording today is you're just a mic with two eyes. <laughs> That's all I can see. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> it's just so funny. But, well, it's lifted your mood, so it has actually. Um, maybe I'll have to do this every time you're a bit upset now. I just this is what I'll roll with. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Or bring in funny hats or something. I need. I still your have a hat. Hair, yeah. little cardboard hats. I think we need tinfoil hat now. When we do. Oh, t- oh tinfoil ones. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think of that. Those aliens or government conspiracies would wear tinfoil hats. Okay, brilliant. I can mm. really work on this. I'll have to maybe sculpt them beforehand, so. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to have a really long antenna suit? Like yeah, but I also kind of want to make you a full suit of armour like I do at work. Obviously, I'm working very, very, very hard at work, but, you know. We do work pretty hard. <laughs> I think we've just been pushed beyond our limits now. So there's more frequent deranged episodes in Deranged between the work outbursts on the yeah yeah outbursts. i don't know how you describe it i think we'll just go in in a strange mood now not and the anxiety of it it's just as soon as you know you're going to work your yeah, mood's just it's plummet fr- it's frustrating because yeah. these last couple of years where it has been particularly difficult but i think we've got to the point now we're actually tired all the time yeah just tired of life and that's it. Whereas, and this seems to be the thing at the moment that we're both really, really enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like this is what we want to do all the time. We don't want to. We want to forget about everything else. Like, oh, we don't want to actually go to work. Like, we want this to be. Work. Yeah. So look over at us on Patreon. Yes. So find us on Patreon. Yes, because like I said, we. Um, you can support us there. Yeah, and without sounding like too like needy and like money grabby, please. At the same time, like, please do that because <laughs> we really want to make this a job. I think the more we go on, the more we know this is what we want to do. Yeah. Um, and we're hoping that this, alongside with the book that we're doing. Oh, yeah, the podcast book. Yeah, we sort of decided, obviously, for us, as weird as it sounds, it's been a really big journey. Mm. And we've obviously written a lot of notes on stuff. And I'm not really like a diary or a journal sort of keeper, but I feel like so much has happened this year that actually both like ups and downs and like the whole process of starting this i think it could actually make for quite an interesting book so yeah we're sort of working on the idea of writing a book about the podcast more our first year of like sort of setting it up starting it yeah i think we're learning to crawl uh, yes (laughs) (laughs) um yeah we've definitely it's been quite stressful but i think we've got some good content that would be quite good for a book. So if we could kind of get that written out mm. and then maybe sort of this time next year, um, yeah. if we could at least have it in the pipeline to release or, you know, be close to getting it sort of finished at least, it will be sort of an insight to how we've started the podcast in the first few months as we've gone along. Yeah, and it'll be like a celebration of the first year of the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, because I think we've got quite a bit to add to it it's not just the stuff that we've done in the podcast there's been the whole that whole sort of i suppose if you like a world around it yeah um because like i said obviously at the moment we're all both very fed up with work i think that's the one thing we've realized especially in the last six months oh yeah they don't treat us with respect they don't yeah it's yeah work's got bad it's it's not just like one particular person's like fault it's a whole accumulation i think covid has made a lot of people realize lots of different things and I think we've just got to the point we're so fed up with everything now that it's like we know we want to get out but I think we're both at that point if you don't want to just want one rubbish job for another rubbish job to tide you over this is mentally it would be beneficial for us to 
be able to do this. Yeah, I think because we can pick our own hours Work as for well. ourselves, yeah. yeah. We're, we are really enjoying doing this. And I think we both know, as much as we're nervous at like, doing like new things and we've both got a bit of anxiety in that sense, mm. I think we both also have enough confidence to know that we can make this work. Um, and oh, I think yeah. we're quite What's, determined. Yeah, what was that thing I sent you yesterday? We have it in us to thrive. Yeah. And, so, and we know we can make this work. We just, obviously, we physically need it to work. Um, and we're not silly enough, we're not naive enough to think that, like, a couple of weeks in from this that, like, we're going to be, like, multimillionaires. We're not. Yes, we um, are. No, we're not silly. <laughs> we're being sensible about it, I think. One of us is. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. You've got, a, you've got what you hope it to be, mm-hmm. and then you've got that realistic side, and I think that's where for us now. We're starting, everything's starting to fall into place. Like, we've got the episodes, we're getting the viewers um we've obviously started patreon now mm-hmm. um so like sponsors and stuff is starting to drop in so it's looking for us like all this hard work is starting to pay off yeah so hopefully in in the coming months this will be something that actually this can become a full-time job of us alongside the book it'll be enough of an income that this is what we can do because i think it's something we both like to do also i have a jewelry business by the way yes <laughs> yeah exactly so this is it we've all got little bits to yeah. sort of fall back on we're just we've just got to put it all together and make it financially viable for us mm-hmm. permanently. Yeah. But I think we've got I think we've got enough content as well, enough to keep not only just us like surviving, but like keep you entertained. Uh for a long a long time, I hope. I thought you were referring to me then. <laughs> you can keep me entertained. Yeah, I'll keep you entertained, no, Natasha. I mean the listeners. We should come up with a name for them, like Ghouls of the Graveyard or something. Oh yeah. What like um not a fan base, but like uh oh my god, what do you call it? I guess a fan base. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, what are we going to call them? Can you imagine if we have a little fan base? That'd actually be quite cool. Hi, guys. If anyone's got any suggestions as to what they'd like to be called, obviously kind of related to the Graveyard Girls, uh, and nothing uh, inappropriate. Go- <laughs> ghosties. That's not imp- inappropriate, but I was I wanted to say ghosties. Oh, okay. No, that's good. We could roll with that. Our little ghosties. Yeah. Oh. oh, I quite like little ghosties now. There's one. It's already but can taken. we decide our names, or do I think does someone else need to decide what they're going? Someone be else needs to decide on it because it's not fair. But there's one podcast called Something Scary, and they call theirs Dark Darlings. Ooh. I like that. They can't take it, but Dark no, Darlings. I, I kind of like the idea of something a little bit sinister as well. Mm. A bit like sleuthy and spooky souls. What's that rumbling? <laughs> There's a monster. They heard it. It's the devil. So yeah, let us know what you want to be called. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, what will we refer to you as? Are we ready for today's episode? Yes. So what have you got for me today? I'm guessing a mystery. It is a mystery. So what sort of mystery have you given me today? It's the disappearance of the Beaumont children. Oh. This one was recommended to me, so I've never heard of it before it was recommended. I'm not, but I don't know why it sounds like, but I think it's a strong name, isn't it? What, Beaumont? Yeah, it sounds like it could be a bit spooky. It, um, it's not spooky, it's just it's just not solved, and the suspects are a little... When it gets to the suspects, that's probably when we need the aftercare, because there's some Ooh. theories behind it, and I don't like it. Oh, okay. It's a little... Have you ever heard of the human centipede? Yes. It's a little bit like that. Unfortunately... <laughs> It's a little bit like that oh. on one of the theories. Oh, okay, this is okay. Or that's how I'm imagining it. Um, imagining it. So okay, now this is 
already I'm already thinking this is going to be nothing like what I thought it was going to be like. Oh, th- no, that theory is like way out of field All right, compared yeah. to the rest of it. I just pre-warn you there's some disgusting, <laughs> disgusting elements near the end. Okay. Okay. Grant Beaumont, who went by Jim, married Nancy Ellis in December 1955. Okay. Jim was a former serviceman and a driver for suburban taxis in Adelaide, South Australia. I thought you were going to say something. Yeah, I'll, I don't want to do another okay. Okay. Because I'm, I'm conscious of the fact I've done a lot of okays already. But the okay bit is cute. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I presume Nancy was a homemaker or a stay-at-home mom because they had three young children. On January 25th, 1966, it was in the midst of a summer heatwave, Jim dropped off their children, Jane, who's nine, Anna, who's seven, and four-year-old Grant off at Glenelg Beach, which was a popular beach the children had visited often before he headed off on a three-day sales trip to Snowtown, which was about 90 miles away. Um, silly question, but it's January, and it's heading back to the beach all day. It's not cold. It's in Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's summertime <laughs> in Australia. I think it's um school holidays as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't really think... Because they would have been at school. I, I forget sometimes, that depending on where you go, it's like a different season. It's a different reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you get stuck in your own world, don't you forget? Also, there's a weird... It's weird They in Australia, they have Snowtown. Yeah. Yeah, because you think of hot, like you can't have... Imagine being somewhere hot and you're in Snowtown. Yeah, or like here, that'd be like us having like heat wave high street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Oh. Where are you going to? Heat wave high street. Yeah, no. It and doesn't. it's like the coldest, rainiest place. <laughs> Iceland. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? No, I don't know. I think it's because if it's not what we're used to, it just seems weird. Unless the person was who founded the town was something snow. What, Mr. Snow? Yeah, Mr. Snow. Might have been. Snowtown. Oh, yeah, maybe. That makes more sense. Unless... Because I see, they used to send all the criminals there, so maybe Mr. Snow would come from Iceland. Do they have any mountains in Australia that are really high, so they will have snow? Quite possibly. Uh, do they? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Uh, We're going to sound really must, There must be parts where it's New colder. Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand have mountains with snow on, I think. Uh, I we should probably have a geography lesson. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know much about Australia. I don't, other than that it's got lots of bitey animals. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I was a teenager, that I had to research Australia, and they would, there's, they do and they don't. They talk about something called a drop bear. Right. Which is basically a koala oh. that tries to eat your head. Oh. <laughs> but um, it's to, it's, is that real, or they just no, made a weird mythical creature? No, they just, I think it's to scare tourists, because like, everything else attacks you over there. I mean, yeah, spiders snakes mm. scorpions i just feel like Drop i bears. do want to go but i don't at the same time i can't go anywhere where it's too hot and deserty no. because i'm definitely gonna die i definitely want to go to new zealand but australia i'm like Ugh. yeah oh, so i know a few people that have gone but i don't know it doesn't not that it doesn't appeal to me but it's not my first place like when i think of places i want to go yeah it's not somewhere i mean maybe it's better in like the busiest city of places oh yeah so you're thinking like don't go out back yeah <laughs> yeah Yes, I don't think I no. One, I don't like the heat. No. So I'd definitely die. And two, I feel like that's probably... You associate Australia with all these creepy crawlers, but actually maybe they're only in those outback places. You know, if you went to, like, the capital, yeah. it's, maybe it's just not bad. It's just, like, how our times are. But a bit warmer. Maybe. But haven't you seen the 
TikToks or YouTube videos of people with those massive spiders in their houses. Yeah, but maybe they're sort of on the edge between the outback okay. and the inner cities. Maybe, like in the suburbs. Yeah. Because mm. it's like just... still creeping in. <laughs> no, I yeah, I, I think I probably would cry. What, with the heat or the spiders? Because you're, you're fine with spiders. <laughs> no, I'm fine with spiders, but not one that's going to like kill me. Like here, like you get bit by a spider, you're not going to die. There, you might like lose a limb. Mm, yeah. Oh, yes. I've seen some bite wounds where it turns all like black and disgusting. Well, I did have this as a bit of random information that nobody needs to know. But um, I had a spider bite on my leg as a child uh, when I was like five or six. But yeah. it was a little bump. But obviously me being me, I didn't really say anything to anyone else. And I just kept like itching it because it was a bit itchy. And we then went on holiday to Wales for a week. And halfway through my holiday, my leg had obviously then it spread and like swollen. Oh, no. But, and I didn't say anything still for days. I was like, this is quite painful. And then it wasn't until one day that um, I changed when in shorts. And obviously my parents happened to notice I've got a big, bruisey, weird splodge on my shin. And they were like, what's that? Have you knocked yourself? And I went, no, it's been there for days. I was like, it's quite painful, actually. So then I had to go to the... Um, <laughs> typical it, you. Yeah. Well, I, I only remember it because it was a really nice little hospital. I don't like going to hospitals, but this was nice. It wasn't like a hospital hospital. But obviously, because where it was in Wales was quite rural. It yeah. was little. Um, and basically, yeah, this is another reason why I don't like anything banana-flavoured, was I had to have a banana-flavoured medicine, which I'm guessing was had some sort of like, anti-inflammatory chiss in it yeah um because yeah basically my whole leg has fallen up on my little holiday on Wales and I was like hobbling around but didn't <laughs> want to say anything because like you know I still wanted to go out on holiday and enjoy the day yeah. um but yeah that's all I remember of the holiday that year was I had to go to a little hospital and I had horrible banana medicine Aww. and I still don't like anything banana flavoured ever since I think you mentioned something about banana flavour but I don't think you mentioned the spider bite yeah, that, that's how it came oh, about, because okay. I had... I, it would have been at school, I'm presuming. I think I got it at school, and then I obviously itched it over, like, three or four days. Yeah. And then we went on holiday. But me being me, I just didn't really say anything, because I thought, oh, the leg's still attached. And it wasn't until, like, obviously three or four days later, and my whole leg was actually... It was quite painful, and it was obviously spreading. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Sorry. I feel like... I don't know. I get bitten quite a lot, so I feel like maybe I'm quite tasty to creepy crawlies. So if I went to Australia... <laughs> Amelia, tasty I might, a, <laughs> I might be a bit of a target. Yeah, I think so. Let's maybe not go Australia then. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Or, yeah, we go, but I go. I stand next to you all the time. Yeah. I'll... So you get attacked. I mean, I think you can get, like, in, well, you have to have some sort yeah. of injection before you go anyway. Yeah, I think so. So you don't die. But, um, yeah, I just feel like even with that, I might just attract the creepy gorgeous. Or it would just be my look, uh, like... I'll be doing everything to avoid them and then I'll finally get comfortable and safe and then just one jumps out at me from nowhere. Yeah, there's one in your bed. (laughs) (laughs) Sit on it. (laughs) And it's trying to save itself. Bites your bum. (laughs) But yeah, there you go. You've learned some useless useless information. I have learned something. Uh, Right, I can't even remember where I was. Sorry. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, well, snow town. Okay, so after he drops them off, the morning of the 26th of January, the children asked if they can go back to the beach again. As it was too hot to walk, the children took the 8.45am bus, which was only about a five minute journey from their house to the beach. What? Was that hot that they could stay out all day, but... Yeah. Too... Too hot, hot to, to walk? Yeah. I think they're lazy. They're lazy children. <laughs> but yeah, if it's too hot to get the bus at that time, maybe don't go out for the entire day. Yeah. That's going to be way too hot. Hmm. So they were expected to return home on the 12 o'clock bus. Nancy became worried when they didn't return on the noon or 2 p.m. bus. Jim returned home early at 3 p.m. Now, I don't know if he was supposed to come home anyway 
or he just happened uh, he was going to come home that day or um his wife phoned him so then he came home all right okay i was gonna say because was there a suspicious reason as to why he came oh yes exactly or the suspicious reason is why he's there when he shouldn't have been Mm -hmm. okay so he immediately drove to the crowded beach where he couldn't find the children he then went back to the house and together they searched the streets and visited friends' houses. At around 5.30pm, they went to the Glenelg police station to report their children's disappearance. Which okay. seems, that's like, they've been gone, what, five and a half hours at that point? That you're um, aware of? Yeah, unless, I suppose the only thing you can say is when we're thinking, oh, maybe they're a bit late or like they missed a bus. Yeah, but then maybe... 3 p.m. report them missing. Yeah. I suppose have they got to take into account the timing that it, how long it took, because you said about them going to see neighbours and stuff. Yeah. Maybe they went to them first. They say, like, they went back. Yeah. And then she goes around looking at all the friends, and it's then when none of them have seen them that then they go to police. Does that account for the time? Probably. I just feel like the first port of court yeah. is police. Yeah, I felt like I would have rang them first yeah. and then they would have suggested, oh, you go around friends, then yeah. you go around friends. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe. I guess they do hope that the kids are just somewhere else rather than... Yeah, and gone. is it an element of the kids been late before? Like, because for all you know, they might constantly be like an hour or half an hour late. I don't know. And the that... mum's not too panicked. Yeah, th- that doesn't come up. So I assume this might be the very first time. Okay, so it's out of character. Yeah, but it's also weird that a nine-year-old is responsible for three... Well, it isn't, it isn't. Because when... Time again, it's quite a while ago, isn't 1966. it? 1966. Yeah, so even still then, you think how young kids were playing out. Kids of like six and seven were sent around the corner. I like, know. No, that's fine. But like a nine-year-old in charge of a four-year-old and what, a six-year-old, did I say? Seven-year-old. I think we just... We see it as bad now, but I don't think it was then. Cause, no, it's not uh, bad. It's just a nine-year-old shouldn't be in charge of... Oh, no, they shouldn't. No. But I think that's how it was at the time. Yeah. Because I think, like, especially when you listen back, it's not quite the same, but, like, some UK ones, and you, I've watched, like, crime things, and I'm thinking, why the hell did the mum leave them that? But there's quite yeah. a few where they're, like, seven, and they've been sent to the corner shop to go and pick stuff yeah. up, and they've gone with a younger younger sibling, and they've picked up, like, say, sweets on the way. So I'm thinking, actually, it wasn't that uncommon for the time. And I think, as well, because you said the beach was only five minutes away, didn't you? It's not... It a is bus far. Ride. yeah. But it's not that far, maybe. And I think no. if maybe it's something that everyone did, it wasn't sort of... I'm guessing it's not frowned upon. No, I don't think it's frowned upon. Now it would be, but not then. Yeah. Like, we can judge them, but we shouldn't really. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a different time altogether, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, maybe they know people at the beach as well. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, because I suppose they could have said, oh, we're going to meet up with so-and-so. It might have been a case of several kids from several houses had agreed to meet at the beach. Exactly. Because you think, like, we've been playing out in the street they might be young they might be three or four but actually they're There's playing with 20 other children yeah. Yeah. yeah so they're not alone which could bring in a theory later on oh okay okay police quickly organized a search of the beach and surrounding areas thinking the children were somewhere nearby and simply lost track of the time which yeah makes sense the search then expanded to the sand hills ocean and nearby buildings the airport rail lines and interstate roads were monitored based on the fear that they had been an incident or an accident where the children with the children or even kidnapped okay so at least i've broadened it quite quickly yeah i mean of course they're going to uh, also with the name like beaumont they sound like they're wealthy but they're not yeah i think as well it's a case of one obviously they're quite young but also 
they're not that young that they can't travel quite far quite quickly if mm. that makes sense if there's an accident with three kids you're gonna find it yeah it's also you've got the issue of the three children could have dispersed like they've yeah. gone separately in which yeah. case you've got to look in three directions true so you've got to cover a vast area quite quickly mm. and like i said if you've got access to both railway lines and do you say airport yeah airport um, interstate rail line maybe and then you also check... know the beaches they're they're all dangerous things if you like to children yeah that's the thing they didn't check the ports so unless there wasn't any like actual marinas it was just mm. out in the ocean yeah true because then you need like a little dinghy boat type yeah. thing from the beach to. Because I'm presuming yeah. they would have had a coast guard. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, because like now on the beach, there's a lot of the coast guards, isn't there? So I assume there's a coast guard. But like back then, would there have like been maybe just one, and unless mm. someone alerted them to it, they wouldn't have thought to go. Like I would have thought that would have been the one of the first places they've looked. I think the children have actually gone to the beach. That means they're going for water. To me, that would have been one of the first things: is get someone out. Also, as quickly as possible. That understands probably one of them goes missing, one tries to help, then the remainder remainder goes for help. Yeah, but then if what if it's the two smaller ones already in the water, they start getting into difficulty, and the, Jane, the older yeah. one goes in. Do you see what I mean? They yeah. could easily all three be swept out because they're they're really tiny. Even yeah. her as a nine year old, just mm. even the most confident swimmer, you think you get swept Especially out, in. and this is that you don't. But I think others, because it's a crowded beach, others would have noticed. Noticed. Unless is there areas of a quite, you know, like a cove, you know, is Mm. it like a perfectly, you know, like most beaches sort of follow, not a U-shape, but you know what I mean? Some have extra crevices in where there's like little like rock pools, but maybe bits of water, like for them to jump off. Could it have been they've gone to a quieter area and got into difficulty and in the water there? And because there's not many people, they haven't noticed them in that section. I'm just looking at it picture right now let me have a look through no it's pretty straight all right okay you'd yeah you'd definitely see someone go in yeah i didn't know if it would a case of like they've almost played a game like let's go and explore like go on an adventure they've found a quiet spot maybe that's not a cave necessarily but like an in-cut in the side yeah if they wandered in there and then got stuck don't think so i think they i think that was ruled out pretty quickly early on so there's a word that i'm gonna butcher in a minute (laughs) (laughs) The Patalawanga Boat Haven was drained on January 29th after a witness told police that she had spoken with three children who were similar or matched the Beaumont's children's appearances near the haven on 7pm on the 26th, but nothing was found once they drained it. Police investigating the case found several witnesses who had seen the children in Collie Reservoir, no sorry, Collie Reserve near the Glenegg Beach in the company of a tall man with fair to light brown hair and a thin face, who was in his mid-thirties with a sun-tanned complexion and of a thin to athletic build, wearing swimming trunks. So it it would have been... It's still quite a feat for a person to persuade three children. Mm -hmm, This is what I... So does that mean it's someone that they know or at least comfortable around? Yeah, exactly. Because if they've been doing this for however many many times, he could have been gaining their trust oh well, like over a period of yeah. time okay so this is not like it's the first time they've met him yeah, yeah. that yeah. makes sense yeah the children were playing with him and appeared to be relaxed and enjoying themselves so yeah they, it seems like they knew him yeah they they weren't in distress no no because if one was you'd definitely you can tell when kids aren't happy yeah if they're enjoying themselves and playing they're clearly enjoying they're okay. themselves yeah, yeah. 
the man approached one of the witnesses asking if anyone has had been near the children's belongings because some of their money was missing. Right, okay. So they found the belongings, but not the children? No, the man who was with the kids at the time asked them if they'd approached their belongings because their money had gone. Right, okay. The man then went off to change while the children waited for him and then the group were seen walking together away from the beach sometime later. The police estimated that this was about 12.15pm. Okay, so back at lunchtime. Yeah. Which is still later than what the uh, kids should have been... The kids should have been on the 12 noon bus. Right, okay, so yeah, they're already running behind. Mm -hmm. But are they having so much fun that they've got distracted? Like an hour... You think like maybe they would notice... Maybe one would realise, oh, it's one o'clock, like we're an hour late. Like That wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, yeah, because then if they're that late, they've got the 2pm bus. Yeah. So that's fine. But also, he might be saying to them, like, oh, I'll take you home. Yeah, yeah. Don't so worry about it. Yeah, it's it. fine. I've got a car, I can take you home. The Beaumont's parents described their children, particularly Jane, as shy. So for them to be playing so confidently with a stranger seems out of character. The investigators theorised that the children had met the manager in previous times at the beach and had grown to trust him, which yeah, is what I said. Yeah, would make sense. Yeah. A chance remark Anna had made to her mother that seemed insignificant at the time, it seems to support that theory. Because Anna had told her mum that Jane had got a boyfriend down by the beach. Nancy just thought she meant a playmate, playmate and uh, thought right. nothing Someone of it. her own age rather than it being an older man. Until, no, until after the disappearance. So yeah, she didn't think anything of it. Shopkeeper at nearby Wenzel's Bakery also reported that Jane had bought pasties and a meat pie with a one pound note. Right, okay. Police viewed this as further evidence that children had been with another person for two reasons. The shopkeeper knew the children well from previous visits and that they had never purchased a meat pie before. Right, okay, so it's something different. Mm -hmm. And the children's mother had given them six shillings and six pence, enough for the bus and some lunch and not a one pound note. Police believe someone else had given them the money or or they could have found it. Yeah. And then but it's looking quite likely that someone's done that sort of tension. Like, maybe here's a pound, you go and pick up some lunch for me. Yeah. It's also, it's weird, why doesn't he go get his own meat pie? But is he trying not to... It's like he obviously is trying to get the children to go away, but also doesn't maybe... He's conscious of other people associating him with the children to an extent. Like, if he yeah. went in the shop with the kids, it's a definite interaction. Whereas you'd hope maybe if he's playing with them outside, people might not make the link. Do you yeah, see what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if he's yeah. gone in, they order their food, and he does his at the same time, it's like confirmed that he was with the children and has bought them stuff so if he sends jane in to go and pick him up so he's like oh here's some money yeah get whatever you want i would like okay yeah, yeah that's what i'm sort of thinking yeah that makes sense or he could have just been stood next to them in line yeah well i suppose it could have and maybe the shop person didn't pick that up true it could yeah. have been yeah that yeah that's a good theory according to an initial statement the beaumont children were seen walking alone at 3pm away from the beach along Jetty Road in the general direction of their home. This witness was the postman and knew the children well, so this statement was regarded as reliable. He said the children were laughing and holding hands. This was the last confirmed sighting of the children, but then two days later the postman contacted the police again and said that he thought he saw them in the morning and not in the afternoon like he previously stated. I was about to say because at three o'clock's quite a bit later on and you would have expected especially the eldest yep. to have realised it was that late on uh, yeah so she wouldn't thinking. have been skipping home it would have been more quick we've got to get home yeah, she'd be hurrying the others <laughs> yeah. along yeah so yeah but at least in a way 
the postman's gone back and like sort of corrected himself. It's he's it's obviously something he's played on his mind, isn't it? Yeah. It's also a little bit not suspicious, but it's like why oh, would you, you think see it in a sort of a sense of maybe it was him that's I do and I don't because it's you know the difference between the morning and the night at uh, the evening. Or the I afternoon. don't know, because I suppose if it's a summer Oh yeah, I thought that he's doing a round, isn't he? So That's what I thought. So how much, so he thinks it's the morning. So it's not even like it's like a couple of hours earlier, is it? He actually thinks it's the morning. Yeah, no, that is a bit, when you put it like that. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I, I don't think he's suspect. Because then why would you retract what you said? I think he probably was like... But is he retracting it or is he correcting himself? He retracted it. Oh, right, okay. So I think he could have genuinely mistaken, not realised. He might have known a few days later that they were missing not that same day if you know what i mean could there also be another possibility with the postman the reason he's got the times mixed up is because maybe he might do a morning round one day and the afternoon the next mm. could it have been he's just got his days a bit muddled up because i don't know exactly when he yeah, made yeah. the statement if his statement was a couple of days later yeah that's what i'm thinking he might have gone oh yeah i saw him in the afternoon and then he's thought went, oh wait no that wasn't was that morning, day yeah. yeah it was the morning that could maybe explain that yeah so I, that, I just touched on that because he was the only reliable source. Yeah. So the police obviously aren't concerned about him, are no, they? No. We'll get into the suspects in a minute, but okay. yeah, I'd, he's not one of them. Right. Within three days of the Beaumont disappearances on the 29th of January, the Adelaide Sunday Mail led with the headline of Sex Crime Now Feared, highlighting the growing fear that the, they had been abducted and murdered by a sex offender. The reward at this time was only £250. That's still quite a bit for the yeah. time. It's not it's like what you would see today, no. like thousands, but... Can you imagine, though? That's what you think it is, and the yeah. reward is £250. Yeah, but there'd still be a lot of people that would go for that. Yeah, yeah, of course there is. On the 8th of November 1960, Gerard Coisette, a Dutch psychic, was brought to Adelaide to assist oh, in, the search, <laughs> in the search, which caused a media frenzy. Croisette's effort proved unsuccessful with his story changing day to day and offering no leads. Are we surprised? No. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as psychics come into it, it's just like... I just don't get it. Like, I end And in a court of law, how the hell is that standing up? Like, even if he did end up finding them. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe in psychics, but I believe people see things, if that makes sense. Yeah, I do, but I don't believe that they can see it like that often. Yeah. And I don't think they can pick up that much detail, like, that clear. They're obviously getting their sources from something else. Because I remember driving down a road, and I was like, oh, I better slow down. A dog's going to jump out mm. soon. So I did. And a dog jumped out. That doesn't mean I'm psychic. No. It's just... No, it's just a feeling, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is a you feeling. You always get, you get an uneasy feeling about something. Yeah, exactly. So it's not... I'm not going to be like, I can solve this case. I know how to find missing children. Yeah. Just psychics. Especially if they're doing it for money. Yeah, that for me is where it changes a little yeah. bit. I think if, if people were genuinely like that, like they'd more do it for good, like to give people a peace of mind, like yeah. it'd be almost like a therapy sort of that, thing. That I understand, but you, you're doing it for therapy. Uh, sorry, you're doing it for money. It's yeah, just, it's like you've got an agenda. You've tainted it. You've just, you've given them hope and then you ripped it out yeah. from them. Yeah, I just don't like that. But I, don't, I still, to this day, don't understand why police, even hundreds <laughs> of, like, I know this isn't hundreds of years ago, but even like, going back over 100 years, I don't understand why police would have seen that as credible. How the hell did they think that was going to stand up in a court of law? It's... What, when, like, 
They used to do seances and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I just, I don't get it. I'm almost like, you made yourself a laughing stock. <laughs> I think it, I think because back then it wasn't ruled out, science wasn't prominent. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, there's a lot of unexplained now, stuff then, yeah. It's just, no. Yeah. Uh, well, now, I think most police, if someone turned up and said, oh, I've seen this, mm. I'm a psychic, I think they're almost dismissed pretty much straight away, aren't they? Yeah. Or they're like, uh, go away. <laughs> yeah, we're not interested. <laughs> um, I'm going to go into the suspects now. The first suspect, there's loads of suspects. I've, oh, okay. only, I've only covered three. Okay, so they're the ones you think most. Sort of. Yeah. And these are the three most likely that most people think of. Okay. Because I think on Wikipedia there's so many. So the first suspect is Bevan Spencer Von M. Okay. Bevan was sentenced to life in prison in 1984 for murdering 15-year-old Richard Kelving. Right. Police and prosecutors publicly stated that they believed that he had an accomplice or accomplices and he was possibly involved in additional murders, including the Beaumonts. During the investigation, plead police heard from an informant who related a conversation with Von M. He apparently boasted of having taken three children from a beach several years earlier and had taken them home and conducted experiments. Mm, nice. This, this is where I'm thinking the human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he performed the surgery surgery he performed the surgery surgery <laughs> surgery he performed the surgery brilliantly on each of them and had connected them up one of the children then supposedly died so he had to kill the other two and dump their bodies in bushes no sorry in bushland south of adelaide as of 2014 von erm had not been ruled out as a suspect okay uh, it's, it's the only thing that well the thing that immediately stood out to me when you first started describing that obviously not not impossible but Take being convicted of murder of one child mm-hmm. and taking three, even with accomplices, it's quite different, isn't it? He's a suspect in many other cases. I know, but are all of those also multiple children at the same time? Because I it's, don't know. I think it's quite a stretch. You know, like you take one. Yeah, and then it's also I think connecting them up, and then one dies. It just seems fake. Yeah, it like seems an elaborate. Extreme. Yeah, like an elaborate story that you've told someone like. Because yeah. for all we know, he could have been a bit pissed when he's told this story. He's recounted, like, I mean, he's obviously, by this point, it's already written down, it's been in the press, because mm-hmm. this is quite a bit later. Mm-hmm. 20 years later, yeah. I think. So, yeah. how do you know it's not just chatting shit? <laughs> I mean, he could have taken them, and then just exaggerated what he did to it, it, them. Yeah, it would have been a bit more interesting to know exactly how he'd got the other boy. If he'd done that by playing with it, like, building up and playing with him for so many weeks first, okay, you could go, okay, he's he's grabbed that child in a very similar way. Yeah, but I don't know. I just thought I, I don't want to think about how he says he connected them up, but I'm thinking human centipede. Yeah, either that or he's like sewed to the skin, so, you know, yeah, so from the side. Yeah, because almost then, like um, oh my god, what's it called when people are born like conjoined? Sort of, yeah, that's it. That makes more sense because then you don't have to create a thing, like you don't have to touch organs. You're just yeah. connecting skin. Yeah, just sewing them together if you like. Yeah, I just which went, is still not nice. My mind just went dark. <laughs> <laughs> just like, mouth. Te- oh. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, but that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. Oh, we hope it's not that one. He's not ruled out. So the next one is Arthur Stanley Brown, who 
1998 was charged with the murders of sisters Judith and Susan McKay. They disappeared on their way home. No, sorry. They disappeared on their way to school on August 26, 1970. Their bodies were found several days later in a dry creek bed. Okay, so this is already matching much better. Mm-hmm. Yes, along with Von, Von M. Brown is considered to be the most likely suspect for the Beaumont abduction. He bore a striking resemblance to an identikit picture of the suspect. So he is probably my favourite. Yeah. Not my favourite. My and if you look at that crime that he has been convicted for, it's only a few two. years later. Yeah. yeah. It's already it's two more people, but their bodies were found. So what did he do with the original three? Unless it just, where he put them was just so well hidden that it just happened, like yeah. it wasn't picked up. Especially if it's in bushlands. Because you think even if where he maybe put them originally was maybe a quiet, maybe not a developed area. Mm. By the time, even if it has become developed years later, the the bodies would have decomposed and mm-hmm. decayed. There'd be very little left of them, won't there? Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe it just so happens that where he's hidden these next two girls, mm-hmm. there'd be someone stumbled across it that wouldn't have normally been there and it was a chance finding, or the area was a bit more developed and been found. Yeah, there is a theory that they were in the grounds of an old warehouse, but that oh. warehouse was already there. All right, okay. Maybe disused then? Yeah, it's disused. Okay. But their their owners wouldn't let the police search until like there was public pressure, and then they searched it, ah, right, found okay. nothing. Okay. Another suspect who is likely is James Ryan O'Neill, who was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of a nine-year-old boy in 1975. He told a Kimberley station owner and several acquaintances that he was responsible for the Beaumont's disappearances. So he's kind of confessed. Yeah. Right. But that's all it is. In November 2013, excavation began in the back of a North Plimpton factory that had been previously belonged to one of the suspects. This is what I was on about. Further excavation at a slightly different location on the site was undertaken in February 2018. Nothing relevant and nothing relating to or belonging to the Beaumont children were found. So they're still looking. Right, modern times. Yeah, still really looking. Still looking for them. And yep. Nothing's been found. So I'm guessing that must have come up from new leads that had arisen much more recently. Yeah, because the warehouse that they looked, they only looked in a certain area that found nothing. I don't know why they didn't look the whole thing. They went back years later. I think, I can't remember if it was demolished before or after. Okay. But after, yeah, they're still looking, what, like four years ago? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that's the disappearances of the Beaumont children. It's interesting as well as like how there's quite a lot of suspects there that have obviously already been arrested for uh, oh. attacking children. So either Australia is better at catching these child killers than we are, or they have a suspiciously large amount of child killers. <laughs> well, <laughs> didn't we? Didn't Britain ship all their prisoners oh, off? Yeah, to it's, it's just it's in their blood. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm joking, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm joking. Yes, not, not all Australian people are criminals. No. Um, just you have a lot of children murderers by the sound of it. Yeah. D- yeah well, yes, obviously. Because all lot. those crimes are very close together. Mm. No, I don't... I know. This is almost similar to how some of our other cases have been, is it's going to be a very difficult one to solve. Like, some we get, we go, yeah, we could definitely go with this theory. Yeah, I I put um, the one um, first because of the experiments. Yeah, that's a bit of a not. That's a bit of a Frankenstein sort of yeah feel. It just doesn't. 
I don't believe that's true. I hope the children didn't go through that. I yeah. think something else may have happened. I think they died. The thing is as well, that, but did they die? Or is it a chance that this oh, guy's kept a new on family. alive? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's nice. Because they're still young. I mean, hey, maybe not Jane, but there's almost an element of maybe they had been able to take them to go for another family. And what if it just so happened that the life they went for knew was even better than the one that they had? Oh, I and like that theory. the kids were a bit like, yeah, fuck yeah, I don't want to go back home. And I mean, you would have hoped they would have not kept their silence. But what if they've actually had a really good life or then went on to have really good careers and actually if they ruined it, they wouldn't have or, what they had now. I know they are slightly older, but what if they, not brainwashed, but what if they're so, they forget who they are? Yeah. Or even if there's then another part of that, maybe the eldest one, Jane, did die. The younger two haven't. They've been mm. brought up by someone else. They're too young. Because the youngest one was about four. Yeah. He's going to be too young to remember. Yeah. yeah probably been especially if he's not had a bad time if he's had a good time and he's made new mates he's in with a new family he's getting lots of like presents toys well i'm hoping this is the theory because this is cheering me up <laughs> but you know what i mean like i feel like they could have almost started a completely new life or what if again it's still trailing on from this theory what if the new family they've gone to moved to another country mm. yeah you, you know they could I mean? have gone to new zealand they could have gone anywhere yeah so they've completely started a brand new life somewhere else yeah I think because that's the hope because seeing as there's no bodies, there's no evidence, there's no physical crime. Yeah. Let's just hope they got adopted in a yeah, very nice family. In a very not so nice way. It's not nice for the parents. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But this theory is better for the children. Yeah, then yeah, they've not popped it. Mm. Mm. Like I said, if they've searched that vast an area that quickly, you would have either the belongings, you would have expected to find something a bit. I'm not saying they haven't died, but. You would have hoped something after all this time, especially if they've got quite a few suspects. Mm. Like you would have expected if they'd gone back to their homes, there would have been something left. Like maybe it's like a trophy or yeah, exactly something. Um, but yeah, it's just a bit odd. We should that he's ask, managed to. Should yeah, we should. What do you think, people listening? What do you yeah. think happened? Yeah, I don't know. It's another tricky one, isn't it? Well, that's why they're all mysteries. That's why we're picking mysteries. But there's some... They are a mystery, like, but they're interesting. But you can almost settle on a theory. I know I did say that. I didn't want to do any cases covering children, but (laughs) it was recommended. (laughs) No, yeah, no. It's a good one. I would have liked, I don't know, to hear a bit more about the police. Sort of, like, what they had to say. Like, Obviously, they're obviously thinking kidnapping of a weird sexual element. Mm -hmm. That's mostly what they did. That's what they thought. There was nothing else. But then is it a case of with, there's not as much on it because they've kind of still kept it open? Do you see what I mean? Because mm. obviously they're still looking now. It's not like here, like after so many years, they're like, uh, it goes cold case for a while, doesn't it? And then we're just like, well, we're closing it because we're basically giving up. I also don't know if the family was that prominent. So maybe yeah, they've got money. That's what's keeping it going. Oh, yeah, quite possibly. I didn't think about that. But I also don't know how... Obviously, there's children murders, but they seem like they get solved. So maybe this one is one of the ones that haven't been sold, so that's what's keeping it going. Yeah. yeah it's a bit of an oddity as well. Like, so you feel like it should have been able to... Yeah, so it's good that they're still looking into it and hoping to find answers because, well, yeah, you need to find there answers. Seems, yeah, there seems like there's quite a lot of witnesses to it. It's not like one of those where no one's seen anything. No. So you would have hoped, actually, with the amount of witnesses that you had, that they would have found a bit more. Yeah. So that's mm. the case of the Beaumont children. Yeah, definitely a puzzling one. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, no. So let us know what you think. In the meantime, keep creeping. 
and we'll keep digging.